Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy, romance, and all of the exquisite places they overlap. I'm here with my first cup of coffee, <laughs> which is delightful. Mm. God, I love that first sip. Today is Friday, August 28th. No, I remember when, oh shoot, I never came out here and cleaned on the stable. <laughs> Come around the corner and see my, I don't know where they're still finding more grapes to festoon the thing with. Ugh. All right, well, I'll just have to lump it. What a mess, though. At least I remembered to put my cushions up, so I might not be sitting on hugely sticky grape skins the whole time. Oh, hi, Spider. Well, that's it. Better move on your way, because you don't want to be sat on. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. So, uh, yeah, I was thinking, um, I remember when I took psychology. I took, like, Psychology 101 back in the day. Um... It was funny because I took it at the community college in Denver because over the summer, I think maybe the summer between my freshman and sophomore years, and my mom took the class with me. And I did that because there was a course I really wanted to take at WashU where I went that was um, sleeping and dreaming. And it was a psych class and you had to have Psych 101 as the prereq, and I hadn't had that. So we took that class over the summer. Remember that, Mom? That was kind of funny. I think probably the only time she and I have taken a class together. Uh, but I remember, and so this would have been 85, 86, so that gives you a sense of the state of the field at that point, which was still very much dominated by um, Freudian ideas. But I remember learning that, at least this is what we were taught, that the way that the brain and senses process the first experience of something is get so much more attention that it forever feels brighter and more interesting and more pointed, richer, fuller, all of these things than any subsequent encounter with the same thing. And part of the explanation there was that was why we end up <laughs> enjoying life less as we get older. And here I was, probably 19 or 20, and probably 19, and I was like, oh, well, there's something to look forward to. <laughs> and I was very curious. I accepted that as a working theory, but then I resolved to test it, that I would um, see if I thought that that was true. And I quickly decided that I don't think it is true. I do think that there is a particular thrill 
to the first time on something. But I think it's very easy. I think very easy. I don't like that construction. I should just lose the word very. Um, I think it is relatively straightforward to replicate the conditions where something feels new. So, for example, that first taste of coffee in the morning. It is delightful and new. Um, one of the tricks, if you are someone who loves to drink wine the way I love to drink wine, um, is that you drink the really expensive glass first, and then you move down to the less expensive glasses after. Because that first sip, that first glass, is the one that you really relish. And after that, uh, while you still enjoy it, it's not as rich an experience in some ways. But that's only true for short windows of time. Uh, and stepping away from something, giving yourself a chance to, in essence, forget about it, is then an excellent way to reintroduce the newness of a thing. So this is part of the reason that I love seasonality. Uh, part of the reason that I love limiting holiday celebrations and special holiday things to particular times of the year. So I saw people complaining, as they do every year. I don't understand why people get so upset about the Starbucks pumpkin spice latte, but they get really <laughs> upset about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I know some people don't like pumpkin spice flavor. Okay, don't drink it. Why Why is it upsetting to hear about it? It's like, oh, but it's everywhere. Well, I don't think that's what it is. I think that must be something else. But I saw other people complaining about it being out already, and it wasn't fall, and that that should be fall. And then other people complaining that why don't they have the pumpkin spice latte all year round? And I kind of like that Starbucks does the seasonal drinks that way. It is something to look forward to. I do like the pumpkin spice latte. And having my first one of the season is an experience as delightful as the first time I tasted it. And during the Christmas season, I indulge in the incredibly sugary, fat-filled, goopy Christmas drinks because midwinter holiday drinks, because that gives me a thrill of pleasure too. And, but you know, I've noticed I, I rarely have them more than once. I, I don't want to have them over and over again, but you know, having them that once, that's terrific. I, I think it's another reason to, you know, put clothes away. Uh, despite, you know, regardless of weight and that sort of thing. And if you don't live in a seasonal place as much, you know, the, you know, some people get very upset, you know, like, why can't I wear white shoes after Labor Day? And it's like, well, think of it, think of it as saving your white clothes for summertime. And then they're special and it gives you a special feel to wear them. So anyway. I didn't necessarily mean to go off on that particular rant. <laughs> uh, well, well. I don't know if the Great Barber has always been this much of a mess. <laughs> Maybe it has. I was 
trying to think of, um, we were coming back from Ireland. Dave and I were trying to figure out, I, for a while I was tracking where we were in Ireland at this time last year, and then I kind of stopped. But let's see, I'm not sure what day we came back. And we had our wonderful house sitters last year who took care of it for us. Let's see. So we did come back in August. Okay. So we came back tomorrow. We came back on the 29th. Yeah, we flew. We actually flew back from Ireland on the 28th and flew to DFW and got in there at like 645 in the evening and then went to a hotel there. We stayed at the Dallas Airport Hotel and spent the night and flew back to Santa Fe in the morning, which was a really, that was one of the smartest things I've ever done. I was very good this time, so congratulating myself, at managing our jet lag because I didn't want us to have to be suffering that for a really long time. So... So, yeah, we did pretty well going there. I set up our flights for maximum, I don't know, taking advantage of our circadian rhythms. And then coming back, that worked out really well because landing in Dallas at like 6 p.m. was, what, something like 2 in the morning in Ireland? So late, but not into that time zone where it was absolutely miserable to be awake. And so we were able to go to sleep right away. I'm afraid that when I was scooching around trying to get my grape uh, stuff off my sandals, I accidentally got one of the stink bugs. I'm very sorry. I did not mean to step on you. Poor thing. I pushed it into the brush because the ants were starting to circle it. Doesn't need to be feasted on. Yeah, so that worked out well. And then, you know, we woke up early, plenty of time for our morning flight. And we were fairly red-eyed and bushy-tailed. It worked out great. So it'll be fun one day when we can travel again. We go back to our normal world. So, let's see. I have no idea how long I've been talking. No, oh, 11 minutes already. Um, still working on Dark Wizard. I'm enjoying Dark Wizard. I have been... Um, I had a really nice dream, I think I forgot to tell you guys about it. It wasn't last night, but the night before that I dreamed that I was visiting Agent Sarah at her office. Did I tell you about this already? I, I emailed her and told her about it, so now I'm not sure. I'll tell you again. Um, it was nothing like her New York offices, which I have been to. Uh, and it looked kind of like... Um, the Aria Hotel in Las Vegas. Big curving walls and white and lots of glass and fountains. And she met me downstairs with this big bouquet of white calla lilies and gave them to me. And it felt like uh, 
Oh, felt like another good omen. I feel like I'm getting a lot of these good omens. So it's supposed to be good fortune coming my way. So, yeah, Dark Wizard's coming along. I slowed down a little bit yesterday because I had to write a fight scene. I, I mentioned I was going to do that. So I think it's pretty good. I just slow down on fight scenes, um, which is funny because Dorinda, you know, of course, was complaining about being slow on the sex scenes. It's interesting that we tend to fall out into those groups. Jennifer Eastep always says she would much rather write a fight scene than a sex scene. And I don't know if it necessarily translates to how good they read, how good they read, how much, how enjoyable they are to read. But it seems like we all have our thing that we prefer. Dorinda and I were talking about it the other day, though, because she was like, I don't know why I have such a hard time writing sex scenes. She says, because I like sex and I'm happy to talk about sex and you know, it's not like I have a hang-up about sex. I understand, you know, like people who aren't particularly into sex or who have, you know, various issues around it don't like to write it. But, you know, for me, I don't like writing fight scenes because they feel boring. That's I just, you know, and, and Dorinda said the opposite, you know, that she likes the fight scenes because she loves doing the gore. And I hate the gore. You know, and, and my fight scenes tend to be I don't know. I, I want them to be realistic. So, you know, I, I do talk about people getting wounded and I talk about the blood or the ichor or whatever. But it's sort of like, um, well, my, my standard line about fight scenes is that to me, it's just always, you know, keeping track of who gets injured in what way and who walks away the winner. <laughs> it's like, it's all I really care about. If I could... You know, I wish that there was a way that it was acceptable, which of course it's just really not, to do fade to black on fight scenes. Why can't we do fade to black on fight scenes? I would love that. I would have the, and then they square it off against the bad guys, line break, and then the aftermath. Well, he favored his left shoulder, and that was a big fight, wasn't it? Yes, it was, she said. <laughs> You know what? I should totally do this. Everybody would kill me. Everybody would hate it. But it's like, wouldn't that be funny? I don't know. I'm just really amused by this idea now. I could tell people that I'm like, low gore fight scenes, high heat sex scenes, low gore fight scenes. Yeah, I prefer to fade to black. I do closed door fight scenes. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Um, I think I've told you guys what's coming up. I've been really busy this month, and so I've gotten some things done, some things and not others. I've been getting um, nagging emails to finish my contest judging for Lyra's The Writer Contest. And I uh, one email, I had been planning to get it done by the deadline until an email called me a procrastinator, and that annoyed me enough that I thought, okay, well, if you're going to figure that I'm a procrastinator, why am I moving my schedule around to try to meet this deadline for this unpaid work I'm doing? <laughs> so I'll probably get those done tomorrow. I want to do those when I'm in a good frame of mind and not feeling cranky because it's not fair to the writers. 
So that's one of my things I need to get done tomorrow along with chores and stuff. And I get my free car wash because it's the month of my birthday. So I think tomorrow morning I'm going to go probably do my yoga first thing. I have been getting back into doing the yoga. I've been doing that regularly. And I got a bunch of yoga equipment for my birthday. So that was great. Committing to just having to use my own stuff from now on. Like Even if we go back to in-person classes, I think we're all just going to have to have our own stuff and be better anyway. I always liked using other people's stuff, but, you know, like the schools, the yoga centers. I don't know if you call it a school. I'm going to call it Yoga Source, the yoga center. Anyway, I always thought it was fine to take advantage of using their stuff, but... Now I have all my own. I really have everything I could possibly need. And I did yin yoga yesterday afternoon with all my new equipment. And it was lovely. So I'll probably do the vinyasa class, the kick my ass class, first thing in the morning. And then go out and get a sweet Starbucks drink. Possibly a pumpkin spice latte. (laughs) And get my car washed. And then do all of the housekeeping stuff so that the house is all clean and ready to go so that I can do my all-day meeting on Sunday for Safwa, which is also unpaid work, but nobody ever bitches at me about that. <laughs> you know, it's an interesting thing. You know, it's um, I do a lot of volunteer stuff, and I've been... I come from a volunteer family. I've noticed that some families have a volunteer ethic and others do not. Um, and I think my family has always had a volunteer ethic, um, volunteering in politics and for, um, you know, my mom volunteered for Cancer Society for a long time. My stepdad, you know, was a poll worker. Uh, both of them were involved in campaigning and local politics. I've, you know, long been part of volunteering since high school. Volunteer organizations and clubs in high school, college, ever since then. Been on a number of boards at this point and organizations. And one thing I can tell you is that you have to be really careful about managing volunteers the same way that you volunteer people who work for you. Uh, Volunteers are doing it out of the goodness of their hearts and in their spare time, and frequently wedging it into small pieces of spare time. And you can't castigate them for not doing their jobs. You can beg, beg and borrow, but um, you can't yell at them. So, I think that I shall go in and get to work the work for which I am paid, which always must take highest priority. And I will talk to you all on Monday. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope you do some things uh, both out of the goodness of your heart and entirely because you want to. May you have the ideal version of the pumpkin spice latte, whatever that is for you. First Cup of Coffee is part of the Follick Media Podcast Network.
And you can find other podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. For example, you could check out This Lesbian Ship is Intense. Stay tuned for a little snippet of their show. You all take care. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm V. And we are This Lesbian Ship is Intense. Are you infuriated that your podcasters don't break down the nuances of lesbian ships on your favorite shows and movies? If so, you should check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. This step, Two Weddings in a French Ped, we bring a gay perspective to the forefront. The dark side of gay weddings no one talks about. Twincest. Here's a clip. Andrew is the star of this one and he points out like the weird gay twin shit where gay male couples look exactly identical. I like don't know how many times my wife and I check what the other one is wearing before we leave to make sure that we're not <laughs> like wearing the same color top. I don't know. We look very different but still I hate the twinning thing. Like I'm really fucking creeped out about twins uh, date and marry other twins. I am so intrigued by that. Fucking weird. If you have children, they have the same fucking DNA makeup. That's weird and incestuous. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs>